If you've ever had a day, a week, or a season that you found yourself saying, how did I get here? This show is for you. Hi friends, I feel like this is a support group and I need to do my introduction and confession first. Hi, my name is Bianca and if I'm not careful, I will find myself emotionally lost asking the proverbial question, how did I get here? Whether you've lost yourself in a job, relationship, or your role as a parent, or maybe simply just feel lost in life in general, you're not alone. It doesn't mean that your life is doomed and that you'll never find yourself again. In fact, today's guest, Christine Kane, will share her wisdom and insight on this exact topic. But as always, I love exploring the topic at hand and setting us up for a conversation to ensure that her words will sink down deep. So this is what I proffered to us today. Instead of thinking that we've lost our way, what if this season is a season of incubation? What if we were simply in a transformation period and that we had to stay faithful until the process was complete? The key is not to get stuck in your current lost state and begin to take some inventory as well as do some work. Before we dive into this amazing interview, I want to give some practical handles on how to find your way back and to live the life that you love. If you're a note taker, I want you to jot this down. Number one, remember what you love and go do it. Do you remember the last time that you had fun in your life? Do you remember when things felt easy and were kind of in a flow? It was likely because you were fully engrossed in the fun of the moment. As we grow up, we lose sight of how amazing life could be because we feel burned by the responsibilities and mundane parts of life. It's time to reconnect with what you love and take action to go do it. Christine shares so powerfully the moment of realizing she wasn't sure she wanted to go on. When we get to that point, we can learn from her and continue to press on. Number two, go on an adventure. Okay, yes, true, fine. I'm a seven on Enneagram, but this isn't just because I like to have fun and throw parties. I stated point two because it's necessary for our soul to thrive. So let's put this in context, whether it's a day trip or a solitary treat or a week-long drive up the coast or something, go out and explore the world. This will not only allow you to tap into a new flow, but it will also give you some time to focus and really reconnect with yourself again. You'll be away from the noise of your regular life and will be able to see and experience the world with fresh eyes. So let me pause and just be really honest. I'm not just suggesting this. I'm actually doing this. As in next week, I'm taking five days off. I'm turning in my cell phone. I'm turning off my laptop. I'm unplugging from social media. I mean, literally the whole nine. And before you think, oh, I can't take time off or I don't have money. I don't have a budget or I don't want to go alone. Hey, I give so much grace. It's taken me 11 years to work up the courage and the savings to do something like this on the regular. In fact, I actually save all year and I get away by myself to talk to God, to be in silence and to dream of the person that I want to become. If you're feeling lost, I promise that when you get back, whether it's from a day or a couple days or a week, you will have far more clarity about where you're going than when you started. Third, reconnect with your dream and dream big. What kinds of dreams did you have before you lost yourself in the busyness of life? What have you since deemed impossible or improbable because of where you are today? Grab a journal and reconnect with the dreams you once had and better yet, come up with some new dreams. In a perfect world, what would you love to be or have or do? I want you to pause and do some inventory. What is your soul aching for? Once you reconnect with your dreams, you'll have the desire and inspiration to begin to take action. I promise you, I've done this. I'm doing this. And I wish I could tell you, dream it and it will happen. But that's not true. What I can say in authority is that we can ask God for it. And if it's his will, he'll grant it. 
But our dreams are like stars guiding us at night when we feel lost at sea. Fourth, I'm, I'm not sure you're going to like this one. Get quiet and listen. Every day there are signs and messages and guideposts that will inspire you to act, but you have to notice them. And if you aren't still in certain moments of life, you're going to lose them. With all the mind chatter and busyness that we have going on during the days, it can be difficult to recognize the signs that are all around us. So it's important to get quiet and listen. Again, I'm speaking about this from a practical standpoint. For me, I set aside 15 to 30 minutes each day and I journal. It's my alone time with no interruptions to write out what's going on in my soul. But I end each day with a moment of silence. It's basically praying with no words. I mean, think about it. A, a conversation where you only talk and you do no listening, that's not a conversation. That's a monologue. So I want to remain silent and I want to expect to hear God respond. If we want God to lead us back to ourselves, we must be willing to be quiet and listen. And lastly, ask for help. James chapter one tells us we have not because we ask not. Reach out and ask for help. You don't have to figure this out all on your own. And sometimes simply having a chat with someone can provide insight that you need to move forward with ease. Whether it's a life coach or a mentor or a therapist or a counselor or a pastor or God directly, ask for help and be open to the guidance and tools that come your way. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's dive into the fabulous interview with author, preacher, and freedom fighter, Christine Kane, who teaches us how to find your way back to God when everything else is pulling you away. But first, here's a word from our sponsor. Christine, I'm so excited. You are a fan favorite and you are back. Season three episode, this is your second episode. I think you need to be grandfathered in um, for when we do a new season because everyone loves your content. So thank you for coming back. Well, you know, I feel like family anyway. You and I, we're like family. <laughs> I love it. And we harass each other as well. So it's like, it's a good place to be. <laughs> Absolutely, man. You've got a Latino woman and a Greek woman. There is no hope for anybody. No, lots of talking fast and hand gestures and loud, loud laughter. So, hey, this is where I want to begin. I feel as we come out of a post-pandemic world, we come out of just a craziness of 2020 and even still the run over into 2021. A lot of people are kind of what feels like circling the drain. Like, how yeah. did I get here? And I think one of the things that as I've watched you, you know, when I was, I, I know that you have amazing book that's coming out and I can't wait that other people can get their hands on it, but I want to kind of reverse engineer this. I want to talk about that moment for you because it's easy when other people might be listening to this and thinking like, well, I don't know if Chris understands. Does she understand where I'm coming from? And I think in the last two, three years, take us on this journey where you found yourself asking, how did I get here? For sure. And, you know, that's really where this all comes out. The, the actual point was that I, it, towards the end of 2016, coming into 2017, 2018, um, I had like what I would call a perfect storm. So, you know, we're leading A21. We're in 15 countries around the world, propels all over the world. I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing and loving life, loving Jesus. Um, and I remember coming home from my 50th birthday party and I came home to 26 missed calls from my younger brother in Australia to tell me my mum had passed away. So here we'd all been out, you know, having a party and that happened in a three month period. My sister-in-law that was my age passed away. One of my husband's sisters passed away and one of uh, his brother-in-laws passed away. It was like back and forth to Australia, a lot of funerals. And then I think because my mum, it sort of triggered some stuff in me in terms of my 
adoption, you know, being abandoned at the hospital, like a whole lot of stuff that I was sort of thinking through at the same time, um, just leading a staff of a couple of hundred people in so many countries. There's, there's always things going on there to navigate. Personally, uh, I had a friend very close to me that I sort of experienced a, a betrayal. And, you know, B, I think David wrote in the Psalms, he said, if it was my enemy that was against me, I, I could have handled it. But when it was my friend that yeah. I went to the house of the Lord with this, this just cut me so deeply. And um, I think, I, you know, you might remember 2016, 2017, it was a little bit of a volatile time, um, just even in America, there was a lot of things happening right. politically and socially. I mean, it was just uh, really uh, the currents were shifting, things were changing. And when you have any kind of public profile, you're always going to be hit up. Some people are going to think you're saying too much about something and someone else is going to say you're not saying, saying enough, enough about something else. <laughs> and someone else is you should be not saying anything about anything. So you're basically waking up every day thinking, who am I going to disappoint today? Because you just don't, you're not going to win no matter which way you go. So it was a very uh, kind of a, a pressured season where in emotionally, internally, I'm trying to work through my own pain. Um, and then you've got this thing happening around um, the world's changing. The world's changing really, really quickly. And you're expected to be an expert on everything immediately. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get everything right. You don't say everything right. You don't do everything right. And there was this one day, came home, Nick was watching uh, Navy SEALs documentary on Netflix called Hell Week. And it's the week the SEALs, they try to break them, you know, like physically, emotionally, mentally, and they try to get them to ring the bell to say, I'm out, I don't want to be doing this. And you never become a Navy SEAL. Well, they dropped the guys out of the helicopter into the down here near San Diego. Um, and then they were supposed to swim miles to shore in the middle of the night. They have, you know, had no sleep and they've got this big assignment to do. It's just what you do. So I start crying and Nick like looks at me because it's, you know, you know me. That is not something I'm normally going to do. You drop seals out of a helicopter, I'm crying. I said, I think this is how I feel spiritually. And he said, well, you know, what do you mean? I said, I feel like God's dropped me out of the helicopter. I've got my assignment. I'm in the freezing cold Pacific. And here's the deal. I know I'm not going to die. I know that I can do this. I know I've got the strength and the resilience and the tenacity, the muscle memory. I, I know I can do this. Um, but for the first time in 30 years, I don't know if I want to. And I had never said those words in, you know, I've always said, we're the Navy SEALs of the church, man. We're rescuing slaves. You know, we're empowering women. We're building the church. And that is who I am. That's very much. But I'd never, I'd had many times in my life where I thought, um, I don't know if I can. Like, I literally didn't know if I, I could, uh, if I had the ability or the resources or, you know, but I never, ever had experienced this sense of, I don't know if I want to. And then I said to him, I could just take my foot off the gas and I've got so much momentum from 30 years. I wasn't thinking I'm going to go do anything bad. It's just, just take my foot off the gas. I've got all this momentum and there's so little discernment out there. It will be at least 10 years before anyone even knows that I've taken <laughs> my foot off the gas. And as I'm crying, I just looked up to him and I said, but Jesus would know. Mm. Jesus would know that I took my foot off the gas. Jesus would know that I didn't press to the end, that I didn't, you know, no matter what I've done, the goal isn't what I've done. The goal is that we're to run our race, to finish our course, that I, forgetting those things that lie behind, I press on. And um, it was like this big, 
this journey, and really it was a two-year, uh, and I'm very open, you know, there was a, there was a time I just experienced um, a sense of anxiety. Do I still want to do this? Can I still do this? Now, and now look at it here, because here I am in 2021, going, I feel like I went through it in 2017, 2018, because 2020 was coming. So by the time it came, but the thing was that that feeling of, um, when I say drifting, it, it simultaneously at that time and has continued until today, uh, people began to to publicly, you know, sort of walk away from faith, walk away mm -hmm. from church, post things that. So I'm watching this what appears to be a drift in so many different areas, walking out of marriages and relationships and friendships and church, you know, just a, a drift. And my drift was not like I'm going to walk out of uh, anything faith wise, but it was a drift from purpose of what I'd been called to do to go, you know what, maybe we would just buy a taverna in Santorini. Right. I serve baklava <laughs> to people. I could talk to people about Jesus one slice of baklava at a time. And uh, I don't need all of this, you know, like all, all of the thing that goes with it. And it was like, okay, Chris, where did you drift you know my dad used to take us to the beach when we were young and he'd put up we're greeks so of course big bright greek umbrella beach <laughs> umbrella and these big bright greek beach towels and he'd put them up and he'd say when you go out to swim the undertow is so strong you're not going to notice this but if you don't check your markers every day if you don't look up every hour or you know more more frequently than that you will um you are going to drift no matter whether you realize it or not and my dad used to always say to us Kids, all you have to do to drift is nothing. That's all you have to do, just nothing. Mm. And in your life, it's not that we always think that, okay, I'm going to drift if I go do something really bad. Very rarely does someone wake up. And, and we, by the time we've seen someone walk away publicly, the drift happened a long time before that. Right. Um, and it's, you could put that in your health, in your fitness, in your finances, in every sphere of life that would happen. And so, you know, I was reading the writer to the Hebrews because, of course, the Hebrew Christians were going through such persecution and pressure and tension. A lot like what people feel in this hour. And certainly um, I was feeling it back then in, the, in those days. But it, this, this pressure even now of to be a Christian, uh, truly a true follower of Jesus, it, it's not... Um, in the West considered anything cool anymore. You know, you considered narrow-minded or bigoted or dangerous or stupid that you would even believe all of that. And so to be faithful to Jesus is costly, extremely costly. And the fact is that the Hebrew Christians were wanting to just go back to Judaism. They were, it was just too costly. And the writer to the Hebrews in Hebrews chapter two said, you know, therefore then we must also pay much greater attention lest we too drift from so great a salvation. And I thought, my gosh, if this could happen to me and the drift for someone my age, maybe, and even my stage in church, it might not be, oh, I'm going to walk out of everything. But the drift is, I'm not pressing on to lay a hold of all of that for which Christ Jesus laid a hold of me. I mean, there's a purpose. Um, but this is a time with the currents shifting so dramatically uh, in every realm, politically, socially, morally, environmentally, ethically, everything is shifting so quickly. If you do not check your markers and if you don't put that anchor down deep, um, we're going to drift no matter right. who you are.
So when people are listening to this and they feel like, oh my goodness, I've lost my sense of where the big Greek umbrella is. What do you tell them? Like when life throws crazy things your way or you feel like you've lost your way and you do find yourself saying, good God, how did I get here? What do you tell them? Hey friends, I'm interrupting the podcast with a quick update. So many times people ask me like, hey, how do I start to read the Bible? Or what Bible translations do you like? Or what's a fun way that I can stay up with my daily devotions? If you've ever asked those questions, let me tell you about a new app called Dwell. Their mission was inspired by the psalmist who tells us in Psalm 119 to hide the word of God in our hearts. Dwell has built the most beautiful listening and reading experiences for scriptures. They have over a dozen recordings of the Bible, and they've handpicked voices that will engage and inspire you as you read along. And they have the best versions of the Bible. Whatever your flavor is, whether it's ESV, NIV, you want to kick it old school with KJV, NLT, or The Message, I believe one of the coolest things about Dwell is their read-along experience. If you've ever seen Apple Music's lyrics feature, then that's exactly what you can expect from read-along at Dwell. Gorgeous backgrounds, big bold text that scrolls as the narrative reads to you, and so much more. I'm telling you, if you're looking for a Bible app plan, this might be the one for you. You're going to love it. Go to dwellapp.io backslash we're going there. I'll say it again, dwellapp.io backslash we're going there to get 10% off your yearly subscription or 33% off Dwell for life. Yeah, and I think it really depends what that's very nuanced. Like the first thing I do want to say though, if someone's kind of listening going, oh my gosh, I'm not, I'm I'm out to sea, you know, I'm like, (laughs) I want you to, you cannot outdrift the grace of God or the love of God or the mercy of God or the forgiveness of God. And wherever you are, God is there. So that that is a a comforting thing to know. But um, I think the best way I could say this is, I remember, you know, one day we were at 821 in Thessaloniki and we went out. Um, got a little boat and Nick said to me, Chris, throw the anchor over, you know, and I wanted to sunbake. That's all I cared about. You know, I mean, who doesn't want to sunbake? So I'm lying there. And um, and then about 30 minutes later, we like hit another boat in the little bay. And Nick's like, Christina, well, what are you doing? I told you to throw the anchor. I go, I did throw the anchor. He goes, did you set the anchor? Of which I'm like, what do you mean? Did you set the anchor? I threw it out and, you know, the anchor catches the bottom. He goes, Christine, the anchor has got to actually be set. You don't just, and it is, this is a time where all of us have got to go, hang on a minute. I I thought maybe I was attached to the anchor um, and is it set? The currents change. So even if you set the anchor and you're in a boat, you got to check it very frequently because the currents keep changing. We're in this period on the earth right now. Nobody is getting a free ride. Nobody. It doesn't matter who you are. If you are a Jesus follower, you got to be checking that anchor very, very regularly, whether you're a leader leader or you've just known Jesus for five minutes. The point is that you've got to check it. And the thing is that the links that keep the chain together to connect you to the anchor, because if Jesus is this hope we have as an anchor for our soul, the anchor is secure. Jesus, he's, not, he's secure. The issue is those of us that are feeling shaken that are feeling drifty what maybe we need to do is check some of those links and go am i really connected still to the anchor and what are some things when i say all you have to do to drift is nothing perhaps even in this last season it might not even be that i'm doing something bad but what is it that i'm no longer doing which maybe you know i mean as as basic although uh essential as um 
regularly being in the word, regularly being connected to church. I've got one chapter that says, you know, you've drifted when you stop gathering and you start isolating. We're coming out of a global pandemic. And I, I really talk candidly, um, be in that chapter because of course I know I know there's been just a lot of pain involved uh, with church for a lot of people um, we, we've just seen one scandal after the other whether it's abuse or you know just lack of integrity I mean we, we, we've all seen this I, I certainly don't minimize that at all um, the sexism the racism the misogyny I, I, I understand um, and so I really grappled with this chapter and and really didn't sugarcoat anything but I talked about just before the pandemic I went to Qatar with Nick and in Qatar you can't say the name Jesus publicly like you know and and there is one what they call a religious compound that you could go to on a Friday morning there's a special time that the Christians which is sort of the migrant workers they're the only ones you've got to show your identification and there's three checkpoints. You've got to drive out to the middle of the desert, then walk another half an hour in the desert to this designated little place where you're allowed to have a service. And I watched all the Qatar people that went and they're in that service, tears streaming down their face, thanking God that they could mm. gather, thanking God they could worship him. And then we got on a plane and flew straight to Houston where I was speaking. So of course I passed a thousand churches in the first two blocks from the airport to the, <laughs> and just thinking the difference of like, um, oh, that's too far. I don't like the worship there. I don't like that. And I'm thinking the difference of how we had just driven across the desert, walked across another, you know, gone through three checkpoints at a designated time because that's all. And people on one side of the earth weeping and thanking God for the opportunity to gather and then landing where there is this plethora of choice and sort of like, oh, I don't know. And especially now post pandemic, you know, I don't really, I like it's better on my treadmill in the morning. That's what I'm going to, and just really wrestling with, okay, why would the writer to the Hebrews say, do not neglect together when it could have cost them their life at that time? Surely there must be an asset in this. Surely there is something that would keep us from drifting. Am I aware, drifting? Am I aware that for some people, it's just a religious check the box? Yes. But does that negate the importance of it in what it really is meant to do to help us from drifting? Well, of course not. So from reading the Bible to praying to, um, of course, being part of a church community, and then what it is to uh, be healing. You know, you're drifting when uh, you're no longer going to Jesus for healing, but you're just seeping everywhere. You no longer uh, want to go. You're no longer going and saying, Lord, I truly want wholeness from the inside out. What you want to do is vent everything out there. And so what we have is a whole lot of toxicity and, and gossip and slander and unforgiveness and bitterness and anger, and people are not healing. And so it, it's leading to more drifting because then you think it's God's fault. <laughs> and Jesus is like, I'm, I'm waiting for you to come to me. I, I can heal you. And so I looked at certain things and I went, okay, what would be the nine mile markers that I would think after 30 odd years of following Jesus, I'm still here. What ultimately are the things that have kept me from drifting? And what do I think even in this age where some of the very things that scripture teaches us will keep us on track are the very things that are being attacked right. uh, so that people think this doesn't matter. And I'm just off. And then they wonder why two years later, they're entirely disconnected from everything. And um, the only one that ever wins there is the enemy. I mean, he's just got an assignment. Sometimes we forget we're in a spiritual battle and we forget 
that he wants us, you know, the, you know, from being involved in our work with A21, the, the best way that a trafficker traffics someone is by isolating them. If right. you can get them away and isolate you, and I'm just watching that happen left, right and center. And I'm thinking, no wonder we're drifting. Um, and so I, I think we are in that time, like the book of Hebrews, we've got to pay attention lest we too drift. And that could happen to anyone, no, no matter how long you've been following Jesus. And if you were just checking the boxes, we've discovered in this last year that none of that's going to hold. Only those things that can be shaken, the book of Hebrews says, will be shaken so that those things that cannot be shaken will remain. And I think we've had a great opportunity to go better check my anchor. (laughs) I better check my markers um, or I'm going to drift or I have already drifted. So there are some things that I need to get back and go, these are my markers. I think some of us got lazy in checking our markers over this last year. We sort of excused stuff like it was just life was so hard. So, you know, why pray when you can watch six episodes of something on Netflix? You know, why <laughs> why come to church when I don't need to anymore? I could just do, you know, like I think there are certain things that you go, whoa, um, with a little bit of tweaking, I can quickly get back on course. Yeah. So when we talk about like these nine mile markers that you mentioned, are those building these intentional habits to experience life beyond just the routine and going through the motions? Are are those the nine mile markers or are there other daily routines that people can build to just kind of do a head above water type of check and see how far have I drifted and how have I gotten here? In 2021, it's definitely okay to talk about our mental health and happiness. Humans aren't meant to keep everything inside. It makes us sick and therapy helps, but what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help, or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or work, not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, don't be ashamed of normal human struggles to start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you could start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join millions of people who are seeing what therapy really is about. See if it's for you, because you're your greatest asset. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and we're going there. Listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash WGT. That's betterhelp.com slash WGT. Well, I think everyone's an individual, but yes, of course, I, I actually think that we, we have to be checking things on a daily basis. Things are shifting so quickly right now right. Um, that, uh, you know, there, and again, it's different things because for some people, what they need to check, there, there are some people say that are not on social media at all. So that's like something that they're not going to have to check at all. There are other people that, you know what? Um, when I'm spending, when a blue check matters more to me than a heart check, there's something that's not not right here. There's something that maybe my heart is drifting um, in this area. When I start trying to control everything rather than trusting God, that maybe my heart's out of alignment. Most of the things are internal. You know, when I when I want to talk about things to people more than I want to talk to God about things, just maybe I'm drifting. Just maybe there's a part of me um, that is drifting when I'm, I'm sort of thinking, well, you know, I'm not sure that the Bible's really, I don't like the book of judges is very violent. And I don't really know if, um, it's all really true. And it really doesn't matter 
if I read that or if I read a self-help book, yeah, just maybe, just maybe you go, I, I'm drifting and without, without even realizing it. So I think when you, you're no longer hungering after um, righteousness anymore. It's not like, you know, the Bible says that we're to hunger after these things, um, but we're just gorging on the world and we don't even care anymore because it's like, well, you know, it doesn't matter and, and God doesn't really care. And you think, wow, I'm supposed to hunger and thirst after righteousness uh, when things like sanctification or holiness seem like cuss words instead of maybe that's <laughs> the goal of being a Christian. You know, it's just like going, okay, maybe some of this back to basic stuff is the stuff that is going to hold us actually because all the other stuff is burning down around us. You know, it's like very, very, you just go, uh, the lights and the glamour and the, it, it's not holding. It's been tested and it has burnt up before our very eyes. I mean, we don't even have to wait till judgment day. We're seeing this in front of our eyes. None of that's going to hold. So if Jesus is the hope we have as an anchor for our soul and Jesus is the one that is that is bringing us peace and joy and hope. We, we all say that theologically, intellectually, but this is the year where this has been tried. That is the bottom line. And no matter what you tell your mama, when you're lying in bed at night, you know whether Jesus has been your hope this year or whether Jesus has been the source of your joy this year or whether Jesus has been the source of your peace. Now, there's no shame or condemnation. If he hasn't, that is the first point of going, I'm acknowledging that all the stuff that I lost actually mattered more to me than this. Um, all the stuff that I was hoping for, those dreams that maybe got shattered, I'm not minimizing the pain of that loss or people I know lost jobs or opportunities or you know education opportunities, whatever it might be. But at the end of the day, as a Jesus follower, if you're going, but if my peace is at stake and my joy is at stake and my hope and I've lost all of those things because I lost that thing or that person, then I can't truthfully say that my hope was anchored in Christ or my peace was anchored in Christ. So that's a great starting point. That, right. That's not a shaming point. That's a starting point. That's great. Because um, that's where I got to in, in that season. And here I am again following the Lord. It, it, this is not a once and done thing. We're all going to have to repeatedly cycle in and out of this. It's part of the sanctification process where I'm like, God, um, I hate that it matters more to me in, in that it so deeply affected me that, I'm out of sorts with this person, then I care about the fact that I've still got you. So God, mm. help me. Help to change me. I mean, I'm trying to be as basic as I can. This is yeah. like my, my prayer is like, so that acknowledgement, that recognizing it, that doesn't change it immediately, but at least it locates where you are. Like if you've drifted out to sea and you don't even know where you are, there's no, you can't even send, send up a flare to be rescued. Mm. So I'm kind of like, I recognize there were some places in my heart the Lord wanted to bring a deeper healing, but it was painful. And the pain of detaching myself from some things that I attached to um, where the Lord's like, I need more room because Chris, for what I want to do through you in the future, I need that real estate in your heart that you've given to either that thing, that person, that position, that title, whatever it may be. I mean, fill in the blank. Mm. Um, and to remain humble, truly humble enough and honest enough to keep going there with God is the difference of whether you're going to keep pressing to the end or not. So for the person who feels like they are resonating with everything that you're saying and they find themselves asking this question, how did I get here? What's one word, one sentence that you can give them as a point of hope 
um, as we wrap up our podcast? My, my biggest thing is Jesus holds, you know, wherever you are, what you're going to find, where, whatever's taken you out to sea, Jesus holds. And I can tell you that as a, a mother in the faith for most people listening to this big sister at the very least, uh, Jesus holds and he's true and he's faithful and he who promised is faithful and he never leaves us and he never forsakes us. And it's not, you know, I, I say, I think I've become um, a hallmark Pinterest Christian over these last year. I used to like roll my eyes and laugh. You know, those nice little, um, the quotes that you see. Instagram like, quotes. Leave, you know, and, yes. you. <laughs> Jesus is the same yesterday, today, forever. You know, I used to like roll my eyes. Isn't that sweet? Now I'm like, oh my gosh, the whole world's changing. Thank you, God, that you are the same yesterday, today and forever. Thank you, God, I've lost everything and everyone. Thank you that you will never leave me. In office. Like they have become like anchors to me in this season and going, oh, that's the stuff that actually really matters. It actually really matters. Oh, Christine, I so value your time. I value your words, value your wisdom. And I'm excited about people getting their hands on this book. I think it's going to be an amazing resource coming out of such a crazy time. So thank you for your time. Love and appreciate you. I love you. You may not understand what a privilege it is to chat with Christine. The woman travels about 300 days out of the year, and I'm truly grateful that she's given her time and wisdom to us on the podcast today. It would mean so much to me if you showed her some love by tagging at Christine Kane and at Bianca Oltoff on Instagram or Facebook to let her know what her words have meant to you. Five lucky winners will receive a copy of her brand new book, How Did I Get Here? As always, I'm truly grateful for your love and support. The listeners are what keeps this show moving forward on a shoestring budget, a dream, and a whole lot of hustle. On behalf of myself, producer Madi, Vanessa, Chelsea, and Mariah, thanks for your love and support. Can't wait to chat next week, fam. 